Arg, Grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast, a podcast about the Archers and Ambridge. Um, I'm Peter Fickling, and this week I'm joined with um, Kerry and Matthew, as always. So, um, Kerry, I've got some exciting news. Um, one of our regular listeners, aka my wife, has worked out how you can stalk Jay Rayner. Apparently, she's seen him at Herne Hill Market a few times. What? Yeah. Really? This is so, amazing. Can she follow him, please, and uh, get his address? <laughs> Um, I mean, it, she's she's a busy woman, but um, <laughs> I'm sure she, when she hears this, she will understand how important it is to you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, anyone who's got the same kind of um, uh, uh, fascination with um, Jay uh, Rayner, there he is. That's where to find him. Can she also follow him and ask him why he blocked me on Twitter? <laughs> okay, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I forgot, I forgot what this is what, what this is really leading to. So, yeah. yes, um, I will send her down to Hernhill Market. We will uh, put a picture of Kerry in front of him, hopefully persuade him to leave his wife, and then we'll finally find out what he has against Matthew. Okay, good, good. Actually, now that I'm not working, I could make that my mission. I could, that's what I can do with my time. Yes. So go and sit at Hearn Hill Market and wait for him and then pursue him. I don't think you should, Kerry. I mean, <laughs> there'll be an injunction coming, won't there? Yeah, no, no one will know. I'll do it very subtly, I promise. It is a very nice market, and there is an outstanding fish and chip shop about um, 200 mi- uh, metres away. So, you know, it won't be a completely wasted journey. What's it called? Because he re- recently wrote a piece about a fish and chip shop. If, well, there is, I think it's called Ollie's, and it is, it is really, really good. I is mean, it a within... father and son who have it? Maybe, maybe. Uh, but if, if, even if he hasn't written about that one, it's, I would argue he's foolish not to because it's, it's amazing. Okay, I'll ask him to. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, um, this, you know, this, please do report back. Okay. <laughs> so um, should we talk about the archers? Go on then. Okay. Am I supposed to feel terribly upset about Bert dying? I know you, I know you sort of mentioned, Kerry, that you had found it quite moving. Did I? <laughs> I, I don't remember that. Group. Like you said, you were listening to the listening to the show, and then something about Bert, and then like something like or or some kind of you know. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I put his name, and then one of those sad eye emojis. That doesn't mean I feel anything, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Um, it was very strange, wasn't it? Because you could tell because everyone suddenly kept mentioning Bert a lot. Yeah, I think it was like one of those superstitious things. If you say good old Bert three times, he carks it. Yeah, that is what seemed to happen. I was like, why is everyone talking about Bert? All of us, ah, something terrible's going to happen to him. And sure enough, it did in a peaceful kind of way. Does that mean by definition that something terrible is going to happen to Lizzie, Kenton, David and Shula? Because they were saying, we should do this more often, the four of us. Well, Shula wasn't there. She was off at some on some mission, wasn't she, doing a, a churchy harvest? Yes. Look out for badgers. They're, not, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be in trouble as well. <laughs> mm. Well, if anyone starts mentioning badgers, you know you're a boring twat, don't you? Well, I mean, Brian May wrote that song that just goes badgers, 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 over and over and over again. It wasn't or- Brian May. <laughs> it was Brian May. No. Yeah, he wrote a song. It was called Save the Badgers because he's really into saving badgers because I know, in, their, yeah. in their later years, both him and Anita Dobson have come to <laughs> resemble badgers. <laughs> oh, God. I know he's got a thing for them, but he didn't write that f***ing song. He did. Not that, that animated one. Where it's badger, I don't know about badger, the animation. Badger, badger. Yes, yes, he wrote that. 
He wrote it. It's it's Queen esque if you listen to it. Oh, shut up, Matthew. Is he on your list of um, approved seventies rockers, Kerry? Mm, some of their early stuff, maybe. Someone drove past my apartment the other day, and their window was wound down, and they were singing full volume along to "The Show Must Go On." I was like, Oh no, no, no! Awful. Yeah, dreadful. No. What about you, Peter? Do you like them? They're not bad. They're not good. They're all right. Haven't hurt me too much. Um, Freddie Mercury seemed like a nice chap. Um, yes. I like um, I like fat bottom girls. Yeah, but what about Queen? Oh, <laughs> no! I actually really do like that song. <laughs> there are a few good ones, aren't there? But you get sick of them after a while, don't you? We are the champions. Oh my god! Well, you don't get to hear that very often, do you, Kerry? <laughs> Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you have that one. I did say during the week that I would happily see my team go down if it stops Chelsea from winning the league this year. So, um, yeah. Anyway. See, we're already distracted, aren't we? Bertie's dead, everybody. Yeah, I thought it would have been... Uh, do you think they told the actor? Because <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> been in it for a few years. He was probably like, oh, Bert's doing poetry. He's probably like looking at the upcoming events in the storyline. He was probably like, you know, doing all his vocal exercises in the bathroom <laughs> mirror and stuff. And then he tunes in. He, literally buying the farm in the bull. <laughs> there was an irony to the fact that over the previous couple of weeks, they tried to give us a kind of greatest hits of what Bert contributes to the village. And for me, they just reminded me everything that bores me and irritates me about Bert. Mm. So I kind of like, and then it was kind of like, you know, it, it almost preparing me for the death by reminding me why I should be very grateful he's no longer in it. And, you know, I mean, is it is it fair to say you're either a Joe Grundy man or a Bert Fry man? Yeah, probably. Yeah, they were the the duo, weren't they? The who used to the, I was going to say dueling duo. I was thinking of their marrows and things. Yeah, I did wonder whether Jill had killed Bert though, because well, because because of the poetry. <laughs> well, on Sunday she said, "If he goes on too long, I'll find a way to cut <laughs> him off painlessly." Yeah, I'll give him the hook. So, what did she put in his tea or something? Yeah. I'm, yeah, maybe she put some, um, what's it, the, uh, those lovely lads that went to see Salisbury Cathedral? Polonium, a ricin or something. Ry- yeah. Just oh, kidding, no. lads, if you're listening. Obviously, <laughs> we, believe, we totally believe you went to see it twice in, <laughs> in as many days. I know we don't want to go on another massive segue, but that was beautiful. A chef's kiss to the at the, hut, the chutzpah to just look in the camera and go, yes, of course, Salisbury is great, famous city we enjoy to visit. <laughs> yeah, that photo of them sitting there saying it as well, looking just really cash. But I'm I'm with you, Kerry. They're, I, why is nobody, why is there not more suspicion of foul play here? Because mm. Bert dies. He's, he was playing cr- cribbage, wasn't he, with Ben? Yeah. Now, he'd had a cheese and pickle sandwich and... Mm-hmm. Jolene had thrown in a pickled egg on the house. Yeah. I don't think it's beyond Kenton and Jolene to relabel some dodgy pickled eggs from before lockdown mm-hmm. that they weren't able to push. Also, he was in direct proximity to the cribbage board when eating, and the last mention we had of the cribbage board <laughs> was when Chris vomited all over it. Yeah. So maybe they hadn't cleaned up properly. Yeah. Some HACCP rules were broken. And I don't know, like you said, maybe Jill bumped him off, or perhaps Ben bored him to death. Well, I thought the fact that Ben beat him at cribbage maybe made him die of shock. <laughs> well, one one part. Have you paid, played much cribbage? No, I have seen others do it back in the day when my, my parents used to go to sort of real ale places where they played folk music and stuff. One part of the game is the pegging. So oh, I, wonder if, like, <laughs> I wonder if that finished. Pearl. <laughs> 
It could have. Yeah, yeah. But did he actually eat the cheese and pickle sandwiches and the um, lovely gift of the pickled egg on the house? I don't think he did because she was rustling them up at the bar, wasn't she, before Ruth then went over. So I think they might be in the clear there, although Ben and Jill definitely are still on the suspect list. It's all a bit kipper in the corpse, isn't it, in Forty Towers? <laughs> I don't know if it had got out or not, but I, I, I got the impression he'd already noshed them back, but maybe not. Yeah. What about when Ruth said to Rex, I think it was, um, I, I tried to give him CPR and then said, you know, to try to resuscitate him. <laughs> <laughs> Are they? Do the scriptwriters think no one knows what CPR is? I guess I don't know. I like the way that they were. She was. They were bringing, like, oh, he's just pretending to be asleep. He'll soon liven up when we put this next pint down. It's like, no, he's dead. <laughs> I know. We shouldn't laugh, really, should we? No, we Can shouldn't. We? I mean, yeah. they are missing a bit. Well, you know, it is fiction. They're missing a bit of a trick, cancelling the Halloween thing. I mean, yeah. the fact is, they've got access to Bert's wardrobe. Top prize to best zombie Bert that shows up on the night. <laughs> The actual Bert would win it. Yeah. Mm. I thought it was very strange. Trevor was, oh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Trevor, the first thing he wanted to do was get down the bull, wasn't it? What, to see where he died? (laughs) Because when he thought he was going back the next day, he was like, feel really bad, never got to go to the bull. And then Rex was like, well, you can stay a bit longer and see where your dad died if you want. I was I was initially irritated that um, it was kind of who is this character? He's been parachuted in, and uh, he's kind of claiming this kind of level of affection for his dad that seems I mean it seems ridiculous given that we've never heard of him, never had had him on mic. I know there was Frida was off an, an off mic camera, uh, so an off mic character, but as soon as um, Julian Ryan Tut got going with being Trevor, I was like, okay, I don't care where he's from. This guy has to <laughs> stick around for as long as possible. He's absolutely glorious. Uh, mm. It was all the good things about Bert with none of the bad stuff. And I just, and and, and also just the, the fact that uh, he was like some kind of um, venging karmic warrior revisiting boredom and all the most tedious characters in the village. It was wonderful. Yeah, I did enjoy that a lot, particularly Tony. How dare Tony say to others, that this guy is boring, honestly. I know, it's strange, isn't it? I mean, you consider also, I mean, I don't know how boring Leonard's brother Gerald is, but Leonard also has to put up with David and Jill. And then he was, you know, he was like rubbing his hands, wasn't it? I'll go first. I can take him, no problem. And then, you know, it got to this bit where Tony is flagging. Leonard comes back in and Tony's like, uh, i got to go home. And Leonard's like, do your fair share, you bastard. I, yeah. did, the first, I did the first stint. I mean, God, this is a, a guy whose father has just died and they're all being really bloody awful, aren't they? This friendly villager pub people are being horrible. I think that's the thing that both of you guys are hinting at as well, that the scriptwriters, okay, we're going to create this boring character. Well, you know what? You've got characters like Amy, who you're rep- who you think you're writing as young go-getters mm. who are rethinking their their way in life and we're meant to be inspired by them or um, have some empathy with them. But at the same time, I'd much rather listen to four episodes of Trevor than I would four episodes of Amy. <laughs> I mean, Amy's... I think if Amy and... If they'd... In this whole speed-boring exercise they did, they were going, like, <laughs> rotating each other with the baton. I think if he'd actually end up talking to Amy, the universe would have folded in on itself. 
do you how much of that do you think was the kind of Ryan Tut effect? Because obviously, like he was, they were trying to write him boring, and they failed miserably. Whereas they have accidentally, as you say, Matthew, created in Beth and Amy two of the dullest people I've heard in a long time, and that's on a show that already is fairly crammed for for tedious people but like i just julian Ryan Tut, he's such a charismatic man he's such a charismatic actor that do you think that do you think a large part of it was just the relish with which he was playing playing the role yeah i think so possibly but did they have to go down the route of these other dullards finding him dull i don't know they could have maybe had more conversations there were people on twitter who were gutted that he got cut off in in his prime describing some one of his tales because they wanted to hear more. The cheese sandwich at Strasbourg yes. the station it was a banger. In, Ar- in Archer's, in, in the kind of the art, in the canon of Archer's conversations, that was an mm. absolute humdinger. I was hanging on his every word. I mean, he talks about that judge that he got sal- yeah. sal- <laughs> on the train. I mean, that judge clearly got off at Wolverhampton to throw himself in front of the train, mm. didn't he? But you know, I I just thought he was a fascinating character. But if if they wanted to cut him off, they've got a great weapon in their armory, which is he seems to turn into a grieving, blubbering mess if you just mention rocks. Yeah. <laughs> so just like, you know, if he's off on one, just say, uh, um, I saw a nice bit of quartzite on the way down to the bowl tonight. He'll be like, that's a metamorphic rock, isn't it? And just like watch him go to pieces. Yeah, me and my dad had a shared interest in stones. <laughs> really? And then he went, in the geological sense, like, Okay, <laughs> good. When I was doing my very average handling of the tweet along on, was it Tuesday night? One of your, one of your many nights out on the town this week, Kerry. Yeah, sorry about um, that. No, that's all right. It's all good. Someone, I was hovering over the send button of this tweet mm. and then somebody came in and did all the dirty work for me and I just retweeted it. And there was a couple of people saying this, that the reason Trevor came back with such haste was that he just remembered that like his extensive porn stash was under Bert's bed. <laughs> and he wanted to come back and get all his like back issues of Razzle before uh-huh. Rex got his hands on them. Those were the good old days. I'll never find any of Cyrus's porn. You know, it's all it'll all be in a hidden in a secret sort of encrypted folder on his phone. <laughs> and don't forget, he might find yours as well, don't forget. It's a two way street that. Well, he'll find Peter's under the bed. Well, well, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, Bill Hicks did a good joke about that, about his mum and dad finding his going to his flat to look through his possessions and being like, you know, looking. Uh, I wonder what's in this trunk, honey. And then they, <laughs> he then reels off a list of absolutely unmentionable titles. <laughs> I presume, I presume, largely there isn't that much shame in that anymore, is there? Really, no. depending on. I accidentally sent my mum a photo <laughs> that was of me, but there was something in the background. <laughs> That was oh, like yeah. extracurricular. But um, she didn't notice, I don't think. Oh, my God, my mum listens to this. Yeah, you mentioned it before, Matthew. You've mentioned it on here before. Because I said, was it for you or was it for your other half? Well, it, it works both ways. Well, yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, send us the photo. Um, but... <laughs> put that on our Instagram account, love. Yeah, I'm going to put that and the Badger song. <laughs> Um, my my mum uh, is a very, as I said, was saying, a very very shrewd woman. Um, but she kind of she's quite sort of um, sort of smooth with it. She's kind of very you know gentle with her intelligence. And she's she she's taken me to um, task many on many occasions when we we moved house, but not very far when I was about I want to say sixteen seventeen. And uh, I told her I would move my bedroom. Don't touch it. Don't touch my bedroom. I'm going to do it anyway. I was away for the weekend. She moved my bedroom without um you know going against my wishes and i get to the new bedroom and there is a pile she's taken all of my um jazz magazines 
and she's stacked them by title and chronologically. <laughs> Billy Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, <laughs> Count Basie. <laughs> exactly. exactly, yeah. Uh, Mars Davis, don't forget that. You know. um, uh, anyway, so I chucked them all in a bin liner, took them off to the park and chucked them in the bin and went home, found, found my mum and I said very shamefacedly, you know, mum, I've thrown them away. Then she played it ignorant. She's like, oh, oh. what, dear? And I was like, oh, magazines, <laughs> mum. And then, and then she, she goes, oh, well, that was a waste. <laughs> the lucky person who found them as well. That was their lucky. Oh yeah, I thought of that as I was doing it. I was like, "This is going to be some fourteen-year-olds, you know, like a thousand Christmases come true." But anyway, so if you listen to this, <laughs> man, well done, Badger. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, funny old um, Trevor. He's much, much better than lots of the other people he was sitting with. What did you think of that moment where he was talking to Bert mm, on his own? Yeah, in the. I found that a little unusual, and I thought his some of the things he said tonight, there was a little bit of an edge to them at the end, what he was saying to Rex. Well, yeah, this is a whole new mystery, isn't it? That that thing at the end that he said about, um, you know, what was it about his dad being proud of him, like a dad should be. Yes. Um, was it Rex that came in and he was, he was talking to Bert as if he was there? Mm. I can't remember the exact context of what he was saying. It reminded me of, um, I read a thing on Johan Cruyff that said his daughter walked into their apartment living room one night and Johan Cruyff was deep in conversation with his father who'd been dead for 10 years. And this is just something that he used to do that was therapeutic. Uh-huh. So maybe this was something that Trevor does as well. But um, it was a bit strange. But I'm, I'm also getting a, I mean, I'm, trouble is I'm listening through the, the filter of the fact that I listened to a bunch of Fred West's inter- police interviews the other night. And now I'm hearing a bit of Trevor and a bit of Fred West intertwined. So maybe I'm just... Ah. He, he, did, uh, he did do a lot of good work with rocks. <laughs> Are paving slabs considered to be geological treasures? If you're an investigating officer who needs to solve a crime quickly, <laughs> maybe. But, um, yeah. Sorry to any victims of Fred West listening. Um. <laughs> did you? But did you think the point that he was saying about, you know, my dad was very proud of you like a dad should be proud of a son, meaning he wasn't that, the implication was he wasn't as proud of me, the me being Trevor. So it sounded a little resentful, didn't it? Like Rex did, Rex did actually have to chip in and say, well, yeah, but he, you were his actual son. He was like, I know, I know. No, I thought it was, I thought it was Trevor showing, I thought it's, they sometimes do this, don't they, where they, they allow the, they allow the rest of the, um, they allow the other characters to sort of get stuck into um, someone so that they can then show you their better side to kind of give a juxtaposed relief to the better side of... Oh, I see. So it was to show off Rex in a good light. To show off Rex in a good light and to show off Trevor in a good light. And then obviously they'd warmed us up all week with having Rex disappointed by how, how much of a, a failure of a father his one is. Yeah, because now on Twitter people are wondering if Bert is Rex's dad. <laughs> yeah, that's a, I saw that. I love that. I joined in. Who's so, and then that of course would make the relationship with Jill even more complicated. Did did Jill have an affair with Bert? Is that why she was even more upset with the Fair Brothers? I mean, you know, was it just uh, Lizzie's dalliance? What's the name of the dad? I can't remember. Robin. Mm. That's the one. Yeah, he was stalking a celebrity chef, wasn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. That was very weird. At an exclusive club, I love it when they say things like that. And Toby was with him. Toby, who just seems to have—I mean—is Toby a non-speaking character now? just vanished, doesn't he? Well, there's quite a few of them, aren't there? 
I would like Toby to come back. I do miss Toby. I thought he was one of the more interesting mm. characters. What I did wonder, though, when they were looking in Bert's room together, it was Ruth and Rex, you know, when they were sort of, oh, we better tidy it up. And they were finding bits and bobs, a picture and a couple of books and the cricket score card. And they Razzle, May 84 to February 87. <laughs> and they found three cufflinks. And I was thinking, why has no one mentioned that Bert had three arms? That's never been actually spoken of. Is that how he was dead good at gardening and stuff? That's how he won all the ploughing championships. Exactly. Yeah. I just can't believe they've left it till now. <laughs> what, what was the significance <laughs> of that, do you think? I mean, Ruth was like, there's, sure, there's bound to be a reason. He just lost one of them, I suppose. <laughs> it was two pairs. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they mentioned it. Is it for a reason? I don't know. I mean, he had three arms. Let's just face it. Well, someone with a, someone with a supernumerary digit is called a polydactyl. I know that because my cat is polydactyl. Oh. Well, my well, cat well. Spooks, who now lives in Shepton Mallet, is polydactyl. He has thumbs on his front and back paws, which caused many people, when they finally visited my apartment in Dublin, to go, oh, it wasn't Photoshop. It seemed I was faking <laughs> it. <laughs> so, um, Gemma Arterton and Marilyn Monroe are two famous polydactyls. So there you go. In, so what do they have? An extra toe or something? I think, I think extra fingers. Okay. Or I think Marilyn Monroe has extra toes. I think Gemma Arterton had an extra finger. Um, Gianluca Vialli had an extra toe. Did he? Which apparently caused... I remember watching um, a cup game with Chelsea Villa when he was player manager and he scored a hat-trick. And uh, they mentioned on the commentary that he had an extra toe. And my mate went, that's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a very interesting guy, isn't he? Because he was he's like a, he's an aristocrat. Yeah, he didn't need the money, did he? His family lived in massive castles. Yeah, chain smoking aristocrat. So he's um, and I also like the fact that you know, like uh, um, when he made his name in Italy, he was the guy with the kind of um, crusty the clown wig. He had this kind of like you know, great big sort of uh, McEnroe esque, um, wasn't it? Yeah, big old bounce perm. Yeah, he used, he used to wear the sweatband and everything. I love Viali, absolutely yeah, loved him. He's one hell of a guy. Uh, have we done Bert to death? <laughs> <laughs> everyone, everyone did that. Anything else to say about? Oh, I, there was one thing about Rex meeting Trevor. You know, when Rex went to, to the shop to get biscuits and didn't know if he's a biscuit man, and I just it just made me think immediately of half man, half biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who sort of like, oh, you know, like, oh, look, you know, if you're going to be, if you're going to be a feminist and you've got to protect women, you know, I, I don't get upset about man bashing. I feel like, you know, we've, we've earned a little bit of a, a, a you know, shooing, um, given our behaviour over the how many millennia. But, but that kind of tired generalisation is just boring. It's like, oh God, all right, all men like biscuits, do they? Oh, is it going to be man flu next? <laughs> Kerry, you had something you want to say about half man, half biscuit? I'm all ears for that. Oh, well, no, I just wondered whether you guys remembered them and knew of them. Absolutely. I love Half Man, Half Biscuit. Yeah. The back in the DHSS. Yes. Album. They, they had um, a song that they released a few years ago, which was really good, called National Shite Day. Which I would <laughs> recommend anyone go and listen to that. If, if you, if you know, if you don't mm. listen to it thinking this is Half Man, Half Biscuit, you'll absolutely love it. Yeah, because I didn't realise they were, they are still going. Yeah. yeah. I I remember Dickie Davis' eyes, yes. their single. And, um, Didn't they do Trumpton Riots? They did, they did, yeah. Where were they from? They're somewhere on Merseyside they're from, isn't it? Yeah, I think Not it one is. one of the big places. Some one of the, yeah. It's mentioned in their song. Uh, Birkenhead, I think they're from. 
Yeah. It gets a few mentions in their stuff. I'll yeah, I, look, I love it. Look them up then if they're still around. They're very, they were a really cool looking band, actually. It's, is it a duo? No, it's, or... there were four of them originally. Oh, were they? Yeah. Big fans of Half Man, Half Biscuit. If you haven't had a listen to them, have a listen. They deserve it. Um, well, there's another stray. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's my fault. I t- no, I tell you one thing that I quite liked about the the Bert thing feeding into the other thing we were talking about, or we were going to talk about, is Lily and Freddie being at each other's throats with the in the, and Russ the Russ fest is in the middle. I thought it'd have been really good, you know, because Freddie said he was going to ask Bert to do ghost stories, yeah. and walk people around, and then it, he was bluffing wasn't he saying that he'd cancelled so Bert went to his grave probably not because it takes three weeks to go to your grave in England doesn't it but he Mm -hmm. Bert went to his drawer believing that he's going to do the ghost stories which they thought that made them quite happy but I thought when Lily got wind of the fact that Freddie was like no I haven't told him yet I thought Lily should have stopped Lizzie telling Freddie Bert was dead and they could have just kept this thing going where they're like have you told him yet and he's like no I spoke to him this afternoon and he's still very excited uh. about it and they could have been like hmm <laughs> have you now have you oh. alright <laughs> just done that for three weeks and then like he's dead Freddy yeah. <laughs> he died days ago you lying little shit yeah um, yeah the Freddy and Lily thing frilly the, it's a bit why is Freddy stirring quite so much about Russ is it because he genuinely thinks Russ is doing naughty things with Chelsea or is it more a case of him just thinking that Russ is a general slime ball and shouldn't be in his sister's life so wants to put her off him or none of those things I think Russ is just has more agency around Lower Loxley now and it that annoys Freddie yeah I was gonna say it has nothing to do with Lily yeah, the breakfast table. Russ was like, he burst in. He's he's dynamic, isn't he? We need to do this, this, and this. And Fred is like, um, morning, Russ. And he's like, Freddie, and just keeps going. I did also enjoy, and I know there was a backlash to this, but you know, Russ calling Freddie an annoying little tick. I did, kind yeah. of, I did punch the <laughs> air at that point. I was like, yeah, I'm with you. For that. But many people feel the same way about Russ. But you're meant to feel that way about Russ, and I don't think a lot of people either feel that way or that the intention is to feel that way about Freddie. Okay, so you think it's purely based on the man about the house? I think it is a little bit that, you know, Lizzie uh, Elizabeth has got a lot more time for Russ's ideas than she used to have. And I think the last few things that Freddie thought up mm. were a bit were a bit pants, weren't they? And I think it's that's where it was coming to at the end. Bert is kind of the uniting factor in all of this, isn't he? Lily was saying to Russ, you know, you should have, whereas Lizzie was saying before, well, you have to cancel and I'm not going to feel guilty about it. And it's like, oh, he's dead. It was like, it was a lovely thought, Freddie. (laughs) That terribly shit idea that you had earlier is now a lovely thought. And That was annoying by Lily, I thought. Such a kind thought. Yeah, and now she's trying. You were trashing it a minute ago. I do like the way Russ was resistant to it. He was like, but that wouldn't be true, would it? If yeah. I went and told him he was actually had a good idea and he it was worthwhile, that would be a lie. Um, yeah. Good old Russ. I know. There is a lot about him and how he deals with people that I like. And we I think we get in hot water still now on Twitter by saying we like him. I think still people think you shouldn't like Russ because he's horrible and a predatory male. 
and miss the point about why it's good to have him, valuable having him in the archers. And Russ is like um, a nuclear version of how I feel about Pip, like I said last week. Yeah, Pip is she, Pip's bloody awful, but I like her being awful in the archers. A guy at school was asked about me once um, about why, how he could sort of like stomach me because he was well known that he hated me. And then he said, uh, he said, oh, but Peter's easy to deal with because I know, you know, because I don't have to be worried about him because I know Peter doesn't like me and he knows that I don't like him. So we just get on with life. And I sort of, you know, that's like all of the all of the kind of um, nasty characters never stress me out because they, they tend to be quite consistent. So it's just like, oh, here we go. But the, the people who cause me stress in the Archers are people like Lillian, who I used to adore. And then the current iteration I find really irritating. Justin, who I used to really I used to really like. Actually, I was thinking about him in terms of Trevor, like Trevor. Trevor's got a kind of pantomime-ish, cartoonish, nonsensey quality that really tickles my funny bone. And Justin was the same when he first arrived. He could quite often make me laugh out loud. And now I find him tedious. So actually, you know, uh, Jacob, Kate, Russ, all these characters that, you know, you, you hear their voice and you know exactly what you're going to get for the next few minutes. And nine times out of ten, it's um, at least thought-provoking, if not entertaining. It was weird when um, Lily said, when she was in the kitchen and Lizzie burst in and Lily went I was just chopping some chives want to join us <laughs> yeah was it join us for lunch or join us for chopping chives for chive chopping chopping chives is one of the most annoying things that you can do and it's also one of the first jobs a head chef in a fine dining place will give someone to test if they actually know how to chop chives oh I bet is... it's quite satisfying with a super sharp knife though yeah I did enjoy as well going back to the Harvest Supper. Oh, actually, I googled Harvest Supper Brighton just to see, you know, were there any around this area? You know, how are they advertised? Was and that what came up was the Harvester <laughs> on the Deer Drive on the seafront. Do you remember a couple of weeks ago I mentioned the Harvester that my friend there went there for Christmas? Um... Yeah. Christmas dinner and he he messaged me and said I'd completely forgot I went to the harvester for Christmas dinner <laughs> that's what we're here for yes provoking memories no yeah and then I did find a few sort of churchy ones more you know out of out of the town center um and it was you know cheap tickets um two course meal amongst friends it did sound quite convivial actually I was a bit spooked when um Jill just went, you are the harvest. I got real like Lord Summer Isle in um, <laughs> The Wicker Man, like suddenly Carrie style, all the doors slammed shut of the barn. No one escaped. And it was just yeah. an absolute bloodbath. Or Jill cackled on the stage covered in pig's blood. Eating everybody. Yeah, I, I did tweet that that was like, it made me think of Soylent Green. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they all get put in a pill, isn't it? Soylent green, is yeah, it? they sort, of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you you end up being consumed. Lovely. <laughs> well, that's how it's going to go in the future, isn't it? Didn't I think a leading politician this week suggested that humans could be eaten by animals? At a climate conference in Scotland. Yes, he did, didn't he? So there we go. Oh, what twat! <laughs> Should we get too no, Sorry, we want coverage in the Times. Don't say that. <laughs> Can't get too political. I was one thing I thought was a missed opportunity. Isn't it, all of these people that were doing this speed bore thing to go back to Trevor? So we said heard that Tom, Natasha, Jim, Fallon, and Harrison were all in the pub. I reckon Jim could have taken him down. 
I reckon Jim could have dealt with him easily. Ah, he would have probably given as good as he got, and he could have probably he Jim would have probably listened to him. He would have probably quite happily sat and absorbed it all because Tony described it as a, a dark cave that you're drawn into. Oh, for God's sake! You know, but every, I mean, it's no to go back to what we were talking about. There's no hiding the fact that Tony is boring. They joke about it in the show, don't they? That Tony, mm. his him and his trains. The only failure with Trevor and Tony was like all that Trevor needed to do was, you know, just imagine these trains were tiny, and then Tony, <laughs> Tony would have been like, mm, "Now you're talking." Yes, yes. what? <laughs> you mean like the scale is different? Mm. No, no, it, it was a bit weird, wasn't it? This the idea that Tony was bored about him talking about trains. I was like, I did sort of think that was a kind of a strange choice by the scriptwriters. It's like. Well, come on, there's a, Trevor could bore about literally anything and you've got him, him literally boring Tony about the only thing Tony ever talks about. Yeah, I just think it was pretty shoddy what, when their parent has just died. I, what is it showing these people to be like? Should they not have been sort of saying, how are you doing? Are you okay? No one ever said that to him, did well, they? If, if, you're, if you're trapped with a Trevor, start being interested because... You know, you can almost view them. You can almost view them like a kind of character study for something. You know, for further use. Like there's always something about someone that's interesting, even if it's not necessarily the thing that they're trying to interest you with. So it says about the people if they can't if they can't talk to someone like Trevor and find something interesting about the situation. If nothing but just to kind of like sort of um sort of draw a light sketch of this person for you know for future use. It just seemed to me that they wanted to talk about themselves and not listen to him. I just it's all downright rude, I think, and he's a grieving son. And I've known some pretty um challenging people, Trevor esque people, like over the years, living in shared houses and stuff like that. But you do find I'm very good at finding something that I like about those people. Yeah, exactly. mm. But I've taken them into social situations and other people have said, God, my God, like I what I can't listen to him and blah 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 and it's like or listen to her and I was like, well, just you know, just go with it. You know, like there are engage with them. Yeah, engage. I just and, don't understand yeah. how you can. You know, all right. If someone's just an appalling person, they have appalling views, appalling politics, or according to what your politics are, then yeah, of course, you know, by all means. But if someone's just you know rabbiting on a bit, can't you listen for a bit? Sorry yeah. to get a bit Facebook. I mean, meta about this, but um, you know, one of the things you know, we've been doing this podcast for a long time Kerry and I have been sort of doing various you know two podcasts for a little bit longer and you know like it's it's not a particularly difficult thing to do but the the one of the few skills is actually just being interested in other people and actually sitting down ready mm. to listen to other people for 45 minutes it's not actually about talking particularly it's more about you know um uh, sitting here and thinking what on earth they're going to say and and almost being a proxy for the audience I mean it's as I said it's not difficult but you know, if you're not interested in the other people, there's no point doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm certainly not trying to blow smoke up our own asses. I'm just trying to say, like, you know, if we, if us three Muppets can sit and do this, then surely you can sit in a pub and listen to Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. I mean, and, and, you know, and beyond that, beyond the, the medium of talking, I mean, there's enough interesting people out there that listen to the archers on Twitter that have enough to say about it as well, you know, so we engage with a lot of them. Yeah, I think it's a bit a bit of snobbery, isn't it, to just say to just write someone off as boring. You know, I I I can um I can pull up a chair and listen to someone who talks a lot. I'll happily sit there for a few hours and listen to them go on and on. 
but that's just me. <laughs> we hope you feel the same, listeners. <laughs> yeah, they've all switched off by now. No, they're all screaming badger, badger, badger. <laughs> yeah, I did actually laugh when that happened. Me I was too. I surprised myself. I thought that bit was quite well done when Tony was going badger, badger, <laughs> and was trapped. And then the bit where he was like, "My phone rang," and he went, "I didn't hear it." <laughs> yeah. Lightning fast. Uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm not saying this in a snide way, but I was too upset on Trevor's behalf to find that funny. Oh. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't mean that like, you know, I wasn't genuinely hurt, but I was kind of, you know, I didn't, I didn't laugh as I should have done because I was too kind of indignant already. What's the writing there? Are they writing him as too dim to realise he's the figure of not fun, but he's boring, the figure of ridicule, or is he too nice a person to believe that someone would be doing what Tony and Eddie and everyone else was doing. I thought doing. of Perry when it was happening because, don't worry, Kerry, not, that's <laughs> not rude. Um, I thought of Kerry because. I often think of Kerry when I'm doing stuff. And, yeah. Oh. oh, you know, Kerry's, Kerry's, <laughs> Kerry's a memorable person. But uh, um, you, I think, I want to say three or four weeks ago, Kerry, you were quite indignant because uh, Russ and um, Lily were insulting. Um, uh, Tracy by trying to talk in code to get out of doing something with her and you were saying mm. uh, I, Tracy's just not stupid enough for that to fly as a kind of as a well-written scene and I thought that was mm. the amnesia conference that's so, yes. it yeah but I thought Peter that you felt that Tracy knew that was happening I did that's what I thought that's what I thought but that maybe that's me just not maybe that's me just trying to be too nice to Tracy but I think it's the same style of writing I think it's kind of like uh they're, they're sort of I don't know if there's even a word for it but kind of almost sort of semi they're kind of grazing the fourth wall with a kind of, kind of a knowing wink to the audience I see yeah I think I laughed at the ridiculousness of it and it was Tony panicking I don't know I what I've actually detached my Self from the fact that this even had anything to do with poor Trevor. It was just the weirdness of Tony shouting badger. It was the like second repeatedly. one was very impassioned, yeah. wasn't it? He was like badger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's like more cowbell, the famous Christopher Walken sketch, like the editor of the Archers and the actor playing Tony was just like badger. It's like no, no, I need more badger, Tony. Or I'm leaning for more, <laughs> more badger, badger. No, no, come on, you can do it bigger. <laughs> Locked him into a room, played him Brian May's mm. Save the Badgers for four yeah. hours and then brought him back out for that scene. Yes, yeah, Save the Badgers might be is a different thing from Badger, 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 I'm telling you. No, it's not because it goes Badger, 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 Save the Badgers. Ah, but in the one that it doesn't say Save the Badgers. Okay, well, we'll do some off off mic research. We could do we're probably both right. Uh, In I terms think. of Tony, by the way, at the beginning of Wednesday's episode, mm. I didn't recognise his voice at all. Me neither. I, I was thought, talking to Jeremy today about that. I thought they'd got a different actor in. It was so weird. I had to write it down because he sort of went, he sounded like he may have the cold I've had. Yeah, maybe. Because his voice was just a bit off. Yeah. And he, he came to that door, didn't he? He went, ah, oh, Rex, I was just passing. And, and then went, Rex? And then the other person who we hadn't ever heard before went, uh, no, not really. Yeah. It's like, what the f is going on here? Yeah, I was uh, I, I was completely lost at the beginning of that. And then, yeah. then a little bit into it, I was like, oh, that's Tony. Okay. Yes. Yeah, exactly the same. Strange, wasn't it? I like the bit where Rex arrived and he was like, no, no, don't tell him about the journey. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, like, 
obviously he's gonna hang around a bit more, isn't he? And like you say, the funerals will take the funeral will take a while to see. Well, I mean, we don't know what Trevor's got in, in mind. There might be funerals. <laughs> you think they'll ever do a, a green wing reunion and get Tamsin Outhwaite? What's her name? Tamsin Grieg in the same scene. So we'll have Debbie and um Debbie and Trevor in the same scene. Well, Debbie and Trevor also met on Black Books. Of course. That would be great. I, it would, you know, the day that she returns will be a marvelous. I'll one, dig a photo out of that. I've got, gosh, that mm. was in the final series, wasn't it? That he was in it. I think. Mm. Hey, just before we finish, can I just ask you what you thought about Ben and his, you know, wondering he had to make choices about his nursing, and said, you know, is is he going to go down the elderly route? And and so Ruth just said, come out with me and Bert tonight for for some drinks. And that will help you decide <laughs> what he's going to base his career decision on some pints with Bert. I mean, as it turned out. Yeah. So how did that go, Ben? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he then felt like he had to ditch that because he froze at the point at which stuff was happening and he wasn't able to yeah. help. It seems to be very strange basis upon which he's deciding what to do at nursing college. Well, he start, originally Ruth had some kind of a half-baked conversation with him about, you know, um, being a mum and that was kind of, that inspired him to be a nurse yes. way back when. Then, then Ruth says, go to the pub and he's like, oh, well, you know, like hanging out with Bert. Yeah, that'll be, that'll help me decide whether I want to go into geriatric care. <laughs> then now, now the fact that he didn't immediately know what to do when someone carked it over a cribbage board next to him <laughs> means he's, it's just, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the, the worst of it is we're going to have to hear him um, talking to Beth more. That's, you know, that's all I thought was, oh God, more Beth. But, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's always, it's always about me. <laughs> that's a shame though, isn't it? I really wanted to like Beth. But she's she she seems to have that balance of indignant and boring and slightly belligerent. I'm like I don't really like any of those qualities. Really. No, I, I think like if you have someone like Kate, who's kind of uh, a lunatic, bombastic, <laughs> but kind of bombastic, but sort of you know like Lillian or Kate, you would sort of you'd go out with them knowing that yes, they are um, wildly inappropriate and going to get you into all kinds of trouble, but you're never going to be bored. Well, Beth seems to have all of the all of the trouble, but none of the fun. Yeah, she started more promisingly, didn't she? Well, she's the daughter of Vince Casey. How can she be such a wrong one? Mm. The Caseys, the Caseys. Yeah, and I'm I'm sad that Iris has been. She was brought in and then swept back out again. We haven't heard much from her, have we? Well, almost only that week in Lower Loxley. She we didn't hear her at the wedding, oh, did yeah. we? No. This is true. Missed opportunity, I think. We're being played with. We are. We're being toyed with. I did feel, I mean, just finally, Rex Mm. felt guilty that he hadn't given Bert a a proper farewell, didn't he? He said he just kind of said, see you later, over his shoulder. He went, I wish I'd said something more proper, more profound. Mm. Like, enjoy your pint, Bert. Your last (laughs) pint. Yeah, Ruth was quite sweet then, wasn't she? Saying, "Oh, that's just what life's like." And she's like, "I don't even talk to David when he leaves yeah. the house." <laughs> I quite enjoyed this week, even though Bert died, which sounds a bit... yeah, that was a bit sad. But you know, I it was good. Like there were laughs and there were mm. and there were tears slightly, weren't there? I thought it was very well done this week. Yeah, um, and we got through enough. Thank. The Harvest Supper is done with. 
Yeah, it was rather non-eventful, wasn't it? This the old um, Jill with her. Ooh, shall I tell this risque story about bloomers? And then led us down a slight path as if she was going to, and then screeched off to the other direction. We never didn't. got a bit of blue. No, a bit of blue a bit for of the bloomers. dads. Yeah. Oh yeah, a bit. Oh, well done. <laughs> a bit of bloomers for the dads. Yeah, I mean. Well, we got a bit of blue. Well, um, there was a bit of blue in the pills that Bert mentioned in his poetry. Yeah. <laughs> and and he wrote he wrote a whole poem about a visit to the chemist yeah that was that one wasn't it and russell went and we had an hour of him cutting his bloody toenails left i felt i'd be a loner but with these blue pills i got my final (laughs) 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 you can see it coming but it doesn't make it any less funny (laughs) (laughs) brilliant and on that note (laughs) yeah should we mention our socials yeah bert's boner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not yeah that's uh, on your yeah, website uh, that's guys. on your twitter it's bono.com <laughs> oh dear oh dear yeah well you can find us on twitter should you wish to <laughs> r.i.p Bert. <laughs> yep um at the cider shed pod you can email us at hello at the cider shed.com uh you can find us on instagram at uh, we are at the cider shed pod and we have a Facebook group, which is called The Cider Shed Podcast. I got a couple of messages from a couple of weeks ago. I forgot to mention this. People slightly concerned my parents used to beat me. Oh, no. <laughs> um, to, uh, yeah, because I kind of joked that they used to put on rumors and kick me around the kitchen. I want to be clear. Like, it was the 80s. My parents aren't savages. It was tango in the night. <laughs> I bet your mother's very <laughs> pleased with that. <laughs> That correction. <laughs> yeah, I'll get I'll get another message on Sunday. Matthew, <laughs> so next week I'll be asking a corrective about the exact number of porn mags that were on the that my mum had to stack up. Be, you know. <laughs> oh, I've got I've got a great story about porn mags, but it's it's second hand, and it's uh, it's not for it's not for the air. I'm afraid. So, oh. <laughs> it's a, it's a friend that um oh god am I going to tell this? No, I'm not. Oh, go on. Oh, a friend of mine. I, I think I might have to edit that out. Okay. <laughs> we'll end on Bert's boner instead. <laughs> yes. To Bert's oh. boner, everyone. Well, hey. Have fun. See you next week. Bye. Hang on.